Welcome to the You Can Be Unstoppable podcast. My name is Ewelina Szczoblewska, your host and certified hypnotherapist. In this podcast, I will share with you how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. I intend to share with you how learning how to use the power of your subconscious mind can help you to create successful an abundant life with ease, how to connect with yourself while fostering a healthy relationship with your body and mind. Tapping into the power of the subconscious mind will help you to learn how to manage your emotions, become more resilient and present in all of your relationships. Self-love and self-worth are the keys to the kingdom of success and abundance, to happy and healthy life on your terms. Hello everyone, and for today's episode I invited Holly Rogalski to join me. And we had the most fascinating conversation, and I'm sure there is a lot of wisdom for you to pick up on and find something that is going to help you. So Holly is an artist and an intuition coach. She teaches self-doubting overthinkers who feel stuck in indecision to use the power of drawing to access their subconscious wisdom, to think in powerful, revolutionary ways. And that's something that we really discussed, the power of process art and how it helps to access the subconscious mind, how it helps to process emotions in a really powerful way. And through her intuitive drawing process, overthinkers gain the superpower of intuitive certainty for the rest of their lives. And I think that is really powerful because listening to your intuition, to your gut feeling, I feel like it's a little bit discouraged in the modern world. We live in a type A, go achieve more uh, society where listening to your intuition is seen sometimes as a bit of woo, where we prioritize logic and hard facts over an intuitive knowing, which as far as I'm concerned, is incredibly powerful. So... We've touched on many different things. We talked about self-esteem, the importance of self-talk and how slowing down is the work, how acutely the mind and body is connected and how listening to our body can save us from basically going unwell and so much more. So I'm sure that you're going to have a fantastic time listening to this conversation because I certainly had an amazing time talking to Holly and we always have so much to talk to when we get together and without further ado I'm sure you will enjoy this episode. Thank you very much uh, Holly for agreeing and coming up to my show. Uh, I'm really grateful. Yeah I'm excited to be here Evelina. Awesome and if I can take us a little bit back to the start and if you can tell me a little bit about yourself and what made you to um, start on your journey? What was the motivation? What was going on in your life that you said, like, well, actually, you know what? 
I want to do something completely different with my life? Oh, that's such a good question. Well, so I am a artist um, and an intuition coach, which I feel like I just created that job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, for 15 years, I was a doula helping people get through childbirth and Mm -hmm. a child educator. And I was always very fascinated by the psychological and emotional transition that parents were going through Mm -hmm. and their shift in identity and how they're going through this major rite of passage. And it transforms, you know, what they think about themselves, what they're learning about themselves. Um, My body though, last year was letting me know that I could no longer do that work because Mm -hmm. it is when I'm called to a birth, it could be two or three days in a row where I'm awake and I'm 42. now. It's much more challenging. Um, And I was taking the bits that I really love about helping parents through that Mm -hmm. and pairing that with something that I've been doing on my own for about 10 or 11 years, which is called process art. Mm -hmm. It is a form of getting into the subconscious mind through drawing. And I realized that there's a lot of overlap between these two interests I have, that there's a lot of neuroscience behind intuition work. There's a lot of somatic like body work in it. And there's a lot of diving into like, who am I? What do I believe about myself? And then, um, just learning from your subconscious mind, your intuition on a really profound level, every time you, you know, sit in front of a piece of paper and draw. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the long road I got to creating this career for myself. Mm -hmm. See, I find this really fascinating because just before we hopped on recording this, but we talk about the fact that I've um, done a bit uh, pottery in a person drawing and you doing process art. Um, And as a hypnotherapist, I'm fascinated by the mind and neuroplasticity and what the unconscious mind is doing for us. So you coming from a completely different angle is fascinating to me when an art can help us to process and release. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I would say, yeah. And, you know, when I started learning about the subconscious mind a few years ago, that's when I understood what was happening when I was doing Mm -hmm. process. I experienced it myself in 2012. I it was diagnosed with PTSD from mm-hmm. emotional abuse. And at the time I was really struggling to um, trust myself. Uh, I'd been, you know, have you ever heard the term gaslighting? Yeah. Yeah. So my ex-husband was emotionally abusive and he would gaslight me a lot. He would um, blame shift a lot. He would be very confusing in conversations. And we were together for eight years. And through those eight years, I, my self-esteem, my um, identity eroded so much that I could not even make decisions. Um, After I had made him leave the house, there was an experience I had rearranging a room and I couldn't even decide where to put a bookcase on my own. And I had a breakdown, like just sobbing, Mm -hmm. like I couldn't make that decision. And through the process of process art, I started to learn to trust my own decisions, to um, take you know, to walk into the unknown, to make a mark on a piece of paper to, and to do that for 60 to 90 minutes. And you start to develop self-trust and you start to um, listen to your deepest wisdom. But it wasn't until going through some of the trainings you and I have both been through where I mm-hmm. learned about the subconscious mind that I realized that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. I just, I actually, at the time I thought I was listening to God. I thought that I was hearing like divine source when I was drawing, but uh-huh. then my understanding now has shifted over the 10 years where this was really, I mean, and, and, you know, I think 
labels are just labels. Yeah. It could be divine mind. It could be. If that works for you, then whatever you like doesn't matter. Yeah. So either way, it feels the same to me. It really feels like hearing from a higher power. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, you know, already the the subconscious mind works in images. It works in emotional imagery. And so when you are in that visual part of your brain, you're communicating directly with your subconscious and you're listening to your subconscious for that 60 to 90 minutes. And I mean, if, if your listeners are like most people, they'll discover that, uh, you will experience profound insight every single time you Mm -hmm. draw in this way. It's really, it feels like a superpower. And you know what, as you were talking, I'm thinking that this is working so well because when you drawing, you shutting off the external world, the ego, the, um, impact from outside without completely constantly being bombarded with the messages and overwhelm and it's really hard to hear our own thoughts sometimes and when you're drawing and you are so focused on what you are doing it's kind of like a form of hypnosis you are so drawn in in what you're doing you're shutting that external world the ego the influence that we keep hearing all the time and you just completely listening to yourself you're right on yeah and it is i've been um in in hypnotherapy sessions like the ones you do like rtt and i do find it really similar um my brain waves are slower when i'm drawing just like when i'm in hypnosis um i find those insights just popping up from my subconscious mm-hmm. like if i've been in rtt um a lot of times when i'm coaching the drawing i have people use both hands and so we're, we're crossing the, the hemispheres of the brain in that way mm-hmm. Um, you, you're, like I said, yeah, that flow state, that brainwave state, and, uh, you do lock in where I even find it difficult to talk afterwards because my <laughs> verbal mind is shut down. And some people I've worked with even use this as a form of overcoming writer's block or artist block, because mm-hmm. they you spent, you know, swimming around in that part of your brain for a while, you're going to have so much insight. It's like dreaming awake. Mm-hmm. It's what it- like you know you just like crazy images coming up and you just follow that impulse and you let it speak to you and you step back and you're like well this is really interesting what my brain just showed me and then you write about it and you make the connections and then you walk yeah. away with, like the best therapy session of your life mm-hmm. and I find this really powerful because I can see this with my clients and it's, so basically using what I do it's just in a bit different way Uh, I guess more creative way (laughs) because you're doing the drawing but in hypnosis or in silence or in a drawing you are really listening to yourself and I think that is so important because we live in such a busy world and we on a go all the time we don't have the time to slow down we avoid feeling the emotions and the uncomfortable emotions and like you said yourself, your body was telling you something. And did you listen? Because I know in the past, I was very good at ignoring what my body was telling me, till it got loud enough for mm-hmm. me that I could not ignore it anymore. So when we learn to slow down, whether that is through meditation or drawing or whatever that is, you can actually hear yourself better. All those, you know, um, moments of wisdoms and ideas and, and intuitions like I did the four hour of silence um, the other day and ideas were popping into my mind all the time because I quieted myself enough that my mind was actually oh well now we can 
push them through because you are listening. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're totally right in our lives. Like we sit here on our phones and we scroll and it's input, 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 input. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that getting quiet to listen from like, now we are the source. And I did my four hour silence recently too. And I was, I was thinking like, this is really missing in my life. And if I'm not doing my practice of process art, at least once a week, I I don't have any other time in my life where I am quiet enough to go inside and, and yeah, as far as my physical experience, when I had to um, leave my former job, I got sick for seven years and it got worse and worse and worse. And I was um, just six months ago, I was bed bound because I was ignoring those subtle signals like you talk about. And it got to the point where my body had to scream at me mm-hmm. and you can develop that body blindness where you don't even, I would notice I like I would be on, on the car ride with my husband and I'd be sitting in the passenger seat. We drive for an hour. I would get there and I would realize I'm sitting on my purse strap and I'm uncomfortable. And I didn't even notice it for an hour. Like you just get, it, you got so used to ignoring yeah. my signals, you know? And so um, it's a, it's a poverty. I think we have in our, our modern culture right now to um, be so cut off from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the way we, encouraged to live on a daily basis it kind of encourages that is that disconnection from self because we are encouraged to hear to the mind the logic and not pay attention to our intuition mm-hmm. to our gut feeling to it's like oh it's, it's it just ignore it when you do you know when you make up a decision maybe logically it makes sense but you've got that feeling inside it's like mm, I don't think that is a good idea but logically it makes sense mm-hmm. so we ignore that and I know for myself that every time I ignore that intuition, things went the wrong way because I completely ignored what the body was telling me. Yeah. Because there is an undeniable connection from as far as I can see it between mind and body. They yes. really in- interconnected and work in unison. When right. one is unwell, the other is not working well either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in my class, I, I talk about there's five essential elements of intuition. One of them is a quiet nervous system. And mm-hmm. um, that, that is actually how I completely recovered from my illness was addressing my autonomic nervous system and slowing myself down, um, minimizing stress. And that even meant I wasn't even on my phone. I wasn't watching TV. I wasn't mm-hmm. engaging in stressful conversations, like deep breathing, everything I could do to reset that. Um, and the other elements I've seen in my experience to be essential are, um, so in addition to a quiet nervous system, going into flow state, which is Mm -hmm. slowing your brain waves down. And in my class, I teach specific ways to do that, to induce that quickly things like, um, staring at light that's coming through trees. Mm -hmm. Um, your your mind is believe, um, can't predict that pattern. And so it slows down the brain waves, uh, the sound of water running, staring at a candle. There's all sorts of ways to quickly go into that state. Uh, and that is a way to slow down enough to get underneath. Like we talk about that logic brain, that rational Mm -hmm. brain. Um, another aspect is recognizing, like, if I'm afraid, what is the source of that fear? And we do exercises in my class that we actually do fear confronting exercises. So they don't have Mm -hmm. the same strength and hold over us. For instance, um, I require people to go out in public dressed like someone they judge. And then we Mm. come to class dressed that way and acting that way. And it's hilarious. And also really, you start to realize uh, what people you judge have available to them that you are keeping yourself from because you're judging it. Yeah. 
really interesting. Uh, and then of course my, my primary pillar is the creative drawing practice. But I also, I talk about, you just need some sort of channel, whether that is hypnotherapy, self-hypnosis, um, getting out in nature and going on a walk, like you talked about in your last episode was really key. And then, um, or dream work too. Those are all channels you can, yeah. and then the fifth pillar I'm going to have to think about for a second, because this is the one I always forget. Oh, self-esteem, self-esteem, <laughs> which is so ironic <laughs> because how can you trust yourself if you don't even like yourself? Yeah. So, to say like I have this idea I have this gut instinct and what if I'm right you can only do that with positive self-esteem so um in my estimation those are the things that can be worked on to hone and improve intuition over time mm-hmm. and having self-esteem just it's just a must for every aspect of your life like um we've got businesses how are we supposed to build a business if I don't trust myself and my self-esteem is not really um the part because then I will doubt myself and my decisions and how I show up and that's something I've had to work really hard on myself because I have very little self-esteem I really did not trust myself I could not make a decision for a very long time I was doubting myself and I was going over and over but what about this and if I did that one what about if this happens but that kept me from actually making any decisions because I was so afraid to make the wrong decision because I didn't trust myself. I didn't mm-hmm. see myself as a valuable person who's got a lot to offer. And that is so important that self-esteem is uh, looked into. Yeah, I agree. And your last episode had so many good gems about how to do that. And I do, I have like my own tips and tricks and, and methods I teach in my course, but I'm always looking for like, what is, what's the whole, uh, palette of possibilities. What are all the colors we could paint with to improve someone's self-esteem? So mm-hmm. Evelina, like, what did you do? What, how did you work on it yourself? Oof, I, for me, primarily was the hypnosis. Um, because when I decided that I really need to look at my life, uh, because the common denominator was me in everything that was going on. Uh, so even to get to this point, it took a lot of time to admit to myself that I need to look at myself. This is something, you know, not going right here. Um, and I was searching and looking. It, it took me a while to, to get to hypnosis because I tried coaches and books and YouTube videos and you name it. I was trying everything, but nothing was really hitting for me. And it was only when I started with hypnosis that I uncovered things about myself from the past that I've created certain uh, interpretations about myself and how I show up in the world. This thing started to shift it for me. And hypnosis is something I use all the time. I like, I listen to audios all the time. Um, I've got probably quite a few on a go (laughs) because I listen, I listen to them in the morning and in the evening. But it's you, also take you listen to them. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are you listening mm-hmm. to like um, the kind where you get quiet and they're taking you into hypnosis? Or are you listening to like kind of background sort of subliminal suggestions? No, they're actually taking me to hypnosis. Okay. So it's a full on hypnotic audios. Um, recently, I started to listen to things that um kind of running in the background. That's new something that I'm playing about and, and seeing. Uh, I think is going to work really well for me. It's like an addition to uh, what I'm doing already. I think it's it's proving to work really well. So I'm going to see where that's going to take me because I might uh, encourage my clients to do that as well. So I'm practicing on myself, so to speak. But I also had to take action 
So just hypnotic audios wasn't enough. I had to actually go and work on that muscle to prove to myself that what I've they, they were all the way rewiring that I'm doing is actually also shown in action. So I had to go out and do things to prove to myself that yes, I am changing. And we are all very different and you need to find something that works for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for me, I think the ball got rolling for me when I did some, uh, when I worked with a hypnotist for a few sessions. And then over time, I, I always feel like going into uh, having hypnosis sessions, it's kind of a, a slow burn. Like I'll start to see weeks and months later, mm. like, oh, I'm different. Yeah. And I've actually, my teenager, I've, I've had him do an RTT session. And I've noticed since he had that, that his patterns are shifting as well. It's mm-hmm. incredibly powerful. Um, and I had done daily self self hypnosis, uh, inconsistently. And so it wasn't until I did what, what you're experimenting with now, just listening to, you know, um, they're not really affirmations, but they're just new self talk mm-hmm. in the background while I was driving. Yeah. And that, I, that was one of the first things I did when I was really sick, when I was, you know, I couldn't even get up and make dinner. I couldn't get out of bed except to brush my teeth every day. Like that was just in November, just six months ago. And the first thing I did was start to listen to those subliminal tracks for mm. 45 minutes a day. It was easy. I could, you know, it was easy to remember. And I slowly started getting better. Actually, I quickly mm. got better. I mean, if I think about it, it was just a month later that I was hundred percent better. And that's pretty quick for being sick for seven years. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, um, that's yeah. Yeah. And I still listen to those tracks or different ones that are, they have different focuses. And now I've realized how impactful working with the subconscious mind is. So then I added in the self-hypnosis in addition to that, because mm-hmm. I think once you get, when you realize how powerful, powerful yeah, like you get addicted to it. Cause I don't know if you remember, I don't know if it was like this when you were growing up, when I was in middle school, having this idea that oh, I wish I could just take a pill and, and no nin- uh, karate or yeah. I wish I could <laughs> pill and just learn all the information in this class. It feels like that. Like, it's can- a, yeah, I can see what I mean, because we basically rewiring our mind to what we want. And I wish I knew this earlier. <laughs> you know, I wish somebody teach taught us this at school, but um, we can literally, you know, with those subliminal messages in the background and hypnotic audios and things that you might do like whether that is art or something else really create a wonderful life for yourself we, we certainly do not have to stay with oh I just don't feel that great or I suffer from anxiety or you know I'm just it, it really doesn't have to be that just because we uh, got certain um, beliefs about ourselves or we struggle with something it doesn't have to be like that, but we need to take the action and actually do something about it. Yes. And I, yes. I, that's where I am too. Is like, okay, how do I bring this into my 3d world? And, and <laughs> I think some of it is just, it just starts to happen. And I almost, I'm almost an observer of now I'm, I've noticed myself responding differently, or um, I notice myself being more organized or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's also opportunity for let's start to practice this. Yeah. And, you know, like you said earlier, change happens differently for different people. So some people change immediately. It's like almost instant. And I've had clients like this when there was almost visible change in the way they looked. It was just just clicked for them. Uh, But that's not too many people like that. Some people need about a week or two and you're like, oh, yeah, I have changed. I'm thinking differently. The the patterns are different. 
or it's more of a retrospective thing. So a few weeks needs to pass and usually someone else needs to point it out to you or something needs to happen. You're like, oh yeah, I have changed. I'm thinking differently. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's a bit more subtle. Yeah. And, and take I, time. Yeah, I think um, like this week I had a revelation. I realized that I've got a bad habit or it's not a bad habit. I just realized that I'm um, kind of gullible, <laughs> like, which might, it makes sense how I ended up in an emotionally abusive relationship. Like I, I tend to assume the other person is right. And I'm, mm. and I, I've been working on that. And as my self-esteem improves, that is improving. But I, when I realized this, I just had the sense of, well, I know what to do about that. <laughs> you know, I'll just bring that into my self-hypnosis and yeah. I'll work on it. And yeah. it, it, it's very empowering yeah. to know, like there's, there's something I can do to, yeah. I don't have to stay stuck. Yeah. And I think that was a huge shift for me because I used to thought that I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in the circumstance and this way of being, and I don't know what to do about it. Now I realize I've never been stuck because I can absolutely do something about it. And working with your unconscious mind, however you're going to go about this, it's so powerful. I can't even describe it how powerful that is because you can literally rewire your mind to be more confident, more successful, more self-assured. Whatever that is that you desire, you know, more confident how you, you know, show up in a relationship Mm -hmm. or you want to get out of a relationship, you know, you want to feel that confident because you are in an abusive relationship or you'd also always choose the wrong partners. I mean, wrong in quotation because um, what is wrong? again is a you know better um personal definition but hypnosis and and working with unconscious mind is so powerful for me um and that can also look look in various forms you're doing art um and kind of going back to the four hours when i did the four hours i kind of felt a bit of resistance but after that i did it i was like i almost wanted to go back (laughs) Uh, so basically later on in the evening i I sat outside and i just sat the pages because it was just such a bless and I mean, we sometimes maybe forget that there is such a beauty at slowing down. We are so busy. And like I said, we kind of mindless time passing with scrolling social media or, or just mindless TV or something just to keep us busy. We're actually, it will be so much productive and beneficial on so many levels to us if we just take 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be much. 15 minutes, just go sit outside and do nothing. And just observe. And I, I wonder how many of us um, are so resistant to that or keep our minds busy because we're in denial about what might come up. Mm, yes. I, I realized when my four hours, I was thinking I keep myself busy because some of these things I have not wanted to look at or see. Yeah. And, and, and that is a way I, I mean, maybe that is subconscious for me trying to, to maintain that comfort zone of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to go there necessarily but yeah I you know there's always freedom on the other side of it if you look at it and do something with it yeah and I think there's a lot about this because we do engage in whether that is shopping or Netflix addictions or uh, always keeping ourselves busy with something whether that is doing something or going out with friends because we are so afraid to just be left on our own and our thoughts and our emotions Mm -hmm because they make us feel uncomfortable. But like you said, there's so much freedom at the other end when you actually courageously stop 
and allow those emotions to come up and just observe them with curiosity. It's like, okay, why am I feeling this? What is this telling me? Rather than like, oh, no, no, I can't feel this. This is so uncomfortable. I'm just going to go and do something. Because yeah. I've been like that. I kept myself so busy. So I didn't have to look into the fact that I actually felt quite oppressed. Yeah. Well, and, and I do think that, like, I think you're more willing to go into that silence when you can trust that your thoughts are going to be supportive of you. But if you've got self-talk that is, you know, negative and, and mm. harsh and just beating you up, who wants to go there? Yeah. But, but when you, when you learn this way of um, liking yourself more of repatterning that self-talk, then it becomes joyous to go yeah. there. Mm. Like you're, you're not entering into this room where you're just going to, you know, beat yourself up with a long stick. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that rebel, it, I, maybe it is that people don't want to go there because they don't know what to do about it. Mm. Like going into that dark place, but I don't have any tools. Yeah. And they haven't discovered the power of um, repatterning and subconscious work and, and learning that there's a different way to feel about yourself and feel about the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that. And I also noticed, I don't know about you, that there's a lot of people who have got this belief that they can't change, that nothing will work for them. Yeah, and I that is powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for because years. You literally, mm-hmm. Sorry, I got into your... Well, I, I know we're, we're just jumping off each other here because I think we both definitely agree that I, yeah, until I realized this, it, it, it feels like, for one thing, I was so sick for so long and I, I was staring down a lifetime of being in bed and I'd already had conversations with my three teenagers that I, you know, you're going to have to start taking care of yourselves. I can't do it anymore. I can't cook for you anymore. And I, my husband, it was really hard on our marriage because I wasn't able to work anymore. Um, and I was severely depressed thinking this is my life now. And, uh, I, I, but I'm, I feel lucky because that is how I learned all of this. That's how I realized that I, there were moments lying in bed, staring out the window. And I realized, you know, I'd been there all day. Like, I can't control anything right now. I can't even get up without my heart racing. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sick. Every time I sit up, I'm, I'm, I had a myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is a fancy term for chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a, a moment one day where I realized I can't control anything except my thoughts right now. And I can choose to think differently. And that's when the turning point was for me. And I, I would not have gotten there without that experience. And so I'm so grateful for it, but I was 42 years old, you know? And so 42 years of my life, I, I did have that feeling of resignation, defeat, um, that feeling stuck, feeling like, you know, I was given a bum deal. I was a victim of my circumstances Uh, And I I don't even like, I feel like I've risen above my upbringing in so many ways. I didn't consider myself a victim, but -hmm. without feeling the empowerment of being able to rewire my brain, uh, I just, I didn't have the tools to realize I could completely take charge of my life. I could change everything Mm -hmm. and it does change every, I mean, I'm a hundred percent better now, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm starting business and it's, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I totally relate to this because I, for someone who also felt I'm against the grain and I don't like the way the society tells me to live. And I, you know, left when I was 22, I left Poland and I was always this kind of rebellious person, but I actually played a victim in a lot of places on my life and I didn't see it. And that's not 
you know, it's, it's like not a nice place to admit to myself, oh, damn, I'm actually a victim. You know, I'm not really showing up fully here. Uh, I could do so much better and I didn't do this right and I didn't show up here right and things like this. It didn't take, you know, I didn't take full ownership because I saw myself as this rebel and I always, you know, I did things against the grain. And I had a bit of resignation like you did. Like I had just like, I'm kind of changing, but not really, you know, I'm kind of rebelling here and I did a lot better than, you know, I could have kind of imagined, but it could be so much better, but I don't know if I can do it, you know, and it's like this, that self-doubt was always there playing in the background. And it's only when you learn how powerful your mind is and you can actually change all this, being started to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I, I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm uncovering even recently some narratives I still have about being a victim and like ways that I blame things around me still. Mm. And, but, but again, I, I kind of get excited when I realize these, I do get excited when I realize these um, underlying subconscious beliefs, because I, I know how to approach it. And I know that, oh man, things are about to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, here's a blind spot. Awesome. Now yeah. I'm going to be able to, to improve that. And how much, what level up am I going to find now? And yeah. I wonder if rebelliousness, cause I'm, I totally jive with what you're saying. Like I was always, you know, self-reliant. I'm going to go do things my way. I left all my family. They're 900 miles away now. Yeah. Go do stuff on my own. But I wonder if rebelliousness is like, another just another reaction of victimhood Mm. you know it's like the uh you know I'm going to overcome this but it's still because I had I mean I guess it depends on what your narrative is around that but I see that in myself like this happened to me so I'm going to go and prove them all wrong yeah you know there's maybe some negative sides of that for me that I have to um, I can see what you mean. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I certainly had something, but I was stemming from um, not feeling good enough and that self-esteem. So if someone criticized me, I was like, just watch me. I'm going to show you <laughs> how good I am. Uh, but I was coming from, I don't feel good enough because your comment actually hurt me really much. And I'm going to prove you how wrong you are. So I'm going to now work twice as hard to show you that I actually am really worthy and I can achieve X, Y, and Z. But when I did achieve what I set out to do, it didn't actually make much difference. I was temporarily satisfied with myself. I was like, yes, I got it. But soon enough, I was back to feeling not that actually great about all this because all of that comes from inside of me. You know, no amount of external validation is going to fix my lack of self-worth or esteem or not feeling like I'm not good enough. Absolutely. I needed to rewire all that and look at this. Okay, how can I make myself feel better and accept myself for who I am and for everything that I've been through? And it's a process. You know, I still, and, and like you, and I think that's a big change. You get excited when you find those blind spots and things you've uncovered. It's like, yes, I'm going to get better now because I've got something else and I can work on it. Where before I was like, oh no, this is making my life miserable. I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Where I now, be- like, I can't believe I'm doing that. Oh, yeah. I'm so awful. I'm the worst person. Yeah. Yeah. And but I think that's, that's a huge difference, is it? 
going from like oh my god I'm still doing this why I haven't changed yet and oh my god beating ourselves up with like oh great I got it you know now I can work on it completely different energy mm-hmm. yeah I think I mean when I've talked to my friends about this like when your self-esteem gets really solid you just take things way less personally mm-hmm. you know you just you just you're like oh yeah that's something I'm doing I probably don't want to do that anymore but I'm not giving it all that meaning of like yeah oh, person I'm I can't you know like what a terrible person I'm walking around the world damaging all these people and um it is I, I that that solid ground I keep coming back to and I, and I do feel like self-esteem work is ongoing um mm-hmm. because yeah. if I slip up with my or I spend too long without listening to my audio or doing my self-hypnosis I do start to notice those patterns come back in mm-hmm. so I, I feel like it is something and, and perhaps after years of it, it'll be different. But for me, it's maintenance that I do all the time. But at the same time, look, I'm kind of very similar age than you. We've spent years, decades wiring those pathways in our minds. It's going to take a bit of work. Right. <laughs> because yes, we have, you know, improved. We see the shifts in our patterns. However, it's like you say, it's that maintenance till it becomes so ingrained that we don't have to focus so much maybe on the maintenance. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I mean, it has been 42 years of being really hard on myself and about six months of being kind to myself. So yeah. <laughs> you'll be a little more patient with it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's was that as well. It's like um, being patient and kind to ourselves. And, but, you know, it sounds like you've, made a huge progress from only like six or seven months ago you say you were bedridden yeah Uh, you you look pretty healthy to me (laughs) yeah I mean I just worked out before this call I haven't even showered yet but I just worked (laughs) out I work out every day which used to be a core value of mine is fitness and taking care of Mm -hmm. myself and you know I was crying every day because I I could it took me six minutes to get up one flight of stairs Mm-hmm. I'd have to sit on my butt and scoot up and wait till my heart came, heart rate came down, take another, you know, scoot up. Um, it was, it, it was, I, you know, my, I felt like I was, um, just a burden, just consuming calories mm-hmm. and I was, it was hard on my family. It was a really dark place and to be hundred percent recovered. Now I feel like I was risen from the dead and I'm grateful every day when I can just walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And even more so, I still cry a lot of times when I'm working out because I never thought I'd be able to do it again. Yeah. And that is all the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I also um, I did some things to support my gut health, but that really just tipped me over the edge into 100% health. Everything before that was all mindset work. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, luckily my kids are still in home in the home, they're 12, 14 and 17 so that I can as much as possible pass this on to them. And they've witnessed the change, you know, they've yeah. seen and, um, you know, and, and I'm really conscious of how I talk to them now because, um, you know, we were past that early seven to eight years of, you know, where they yeah. really were coming the memories. Mm-hmm. However, this will help them the rest of their lives to, to know that, um, they don't have to be as stuck as I was. They don't have to be victims. Yeah, absolutely. They're still young enough and they still live with you. And they, by, like you said, by observing what happened to you and how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. and how you talk to them will absolutely help them um, you know, in the way they are going to show up in the world and for themselves because they saw how powerful the mind is. You, you create 
that disease because you were not listening to your mind telling you like come on Helly, slow down a bit absolutely um and then you are healthy again yeah yeah you know? it's, all, it's just it's the inter- interplay between and, and i do believe your nervous system well i know it is it's it's a part of your subconscious it is um those signals are always coming in our body are is through the vagus nerve and the cranial nerves reading the environment giving us information um about what's going on around us what's mm-hmm. happening inside of us and that is uh the the more attuned you get the better that communication pathway yeah. is the more you can hear and just like you were you were talking about earlier um just getting really quiet and listening to your body and and like oh yeah when you when you say like my intuition said this but i ignored it well that's also a really powerful opportunity for learning to go mm-hmm. back and say okay what was i experiencing in that moment that told me something else and and yeah. intuition can grow like a muscle over time you get mm-hmm. better and better at interpreting and recognizing those signals so that you can, you know, go right to, this is what, this is what I need to do next. This is what my subconscious is telling me. And in the beginning, it is a little clunky and and it has to be intentional, but then it, um, like now I've noticed that when I'm I'm consistently doing my process art practice, and sometimes I'll do it just 20 minutes a day. I'll just get, and I'll sit down with some crayons and a piece of paper and I'll, it's a five-step process, but I can do it in 10 or 20 minutes. Um, if I'm doing that every day, I will start to realize, I will start to notice my mind is speaking to me in images mm-hmm. that I will have metaphors pop in my head. And it, and it's just, um, you know, I'm just growing that part of my brain and it, and it becomes a, a really open pathway for insight and for healing and for guidance mm-hmm. for me. But intuition is so important because I remember that, um, in the past, when I was exercising a lot and I was preparing for half marathons and things that I was doing, my body would literally was telling me, like, don't do the workout today. And if I ignored it, I knew for well, I am going to get unwell because I've had this pattern where it's like, if I listened and maybe postponed the workout for a day or two because maybe I pushed too much, my body was really tired and I needed the rest, I was fine. But if I pushed it, I was like, not I, because I'm stubborn. I'm going to do it. I'm working out. And I didn't listen to my intuition. And my body was telling me like, Mm-mm. I got unwell and I got unwell. And I was off the working out probably for a week or two because I pushed it too far. So listening to ourselves is so important. And that happened to me as well. When I finished my um, university, I was a, a mature student. So I had a lot on my plate, you know, work and university and house and everything else. And when I, it happened to me at the end of the third and fourth year. So especially at the fourth year, I finished the working, submitted my last work, you know, my graduate uh, work. And I didn't know what to do with myself because I was so busy for four years, for seven, seven days a week, you know, 365 days. I was so busy that when I actually finished all of it and I, I was thinking, how on earth did I do all this? Like I had so much time to myself that I didn't know what to do with myself. And then a few days in, I got so unwell, just like that. I went to work feeling absolutely fine. By midday, I was at the surgery, sent home with the antibiotics because I was barely standing. I was going to ask if you get sick. That was going to be my question. I did. And I got so unwell because I think my body was like, oh, okay, we've slowed down. That means that you are not really so busy. We're going to make sure that you really do slow down. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was off so unwell for a whole week. And it was just so mind-boggling to me because I was absolutely fine when I wanted to work in the morning. There was absolutely nothing wrong with me. And by midday, I was barely standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I started to do when I was getting better is I would pay really close attention to anytime I had a flare, what had just happened. And I, and I, for a long time, I thought it always was physical. Like if I'd gone to a birth and I was awake overnight, or if I was, you know, because um, a doula's job is very physical. I'm holding people up. I'm squeezing hips. I'm holding a leg. It's, it's I always get a massage afterwards. Um, but I started to notice that my triggers were often emotional mm-hmm. and it would, and I, my, my very last flare I ever had, uh, I had been studying for a while, like what caused my flares. And I noticed that I had felt some pressure from my husband to finish a project and I pushed it too hard to finish that project that had honestly, it had been waiting for a year to be done. So it needed to be done. But that whole day I had this feeling of like resentment and anger and victimhood. Mm. towards them. And, and I realized like, oh, my body is not just telling me about the physical overdoing it. There's also mm-hmm. like something unspoken happening. Yeah. And so, and I think it's tough for people who are chronically ill because they are told so often this is stress related or this is in your head. Mm. And so there's resistance to being able to actually look at that yeah. because it is so physical and at a cellular level, like I had tests that proved there was something physically wrong with me, mm-hmm. but, but to say it's stress related, well, that's a wisdom in your body. That's mm-hmm. an intelligence that, that if you, if it can, you can look at it in a dismissive way to say, oh, well, you're stressed. And that's a lot of um, healthcare systems do that to people. They are dismissive because they don't know what to, how to help. Yeah. But if you look at it as like with respect and reverence that my body is speaking to me, what is it trying to say? Then that's the path to healing. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking as you were saying, it's like looking at it, what is the body trying to tell me? Um, And it's it's a shame that, you know, that healthcare doesn't really um, look into it. Like I was into a chiropractor recently and I was really pleasantly surprised when she asked me, like, what else is going on in your life? you know, and the stresses, like what's up. And I was like, you know what? I'm really happy that you've asked because I was like, this is the first time someone asked me a question like that because mind and body are one. If our body is not functioning well, it's so important to slow down and ask, okay, what is this telling me? What's been going on in my life? Am I, like you say, angry, resentful, stressed? Am I overworking myself? What else is going on? Uh, yeah, I think what you're saying, um, how, you know, we just don't get quiet. And if you're not listening, it, the subconscious mind in some way will make you listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it never, you know, it never hits you with a, a, a massive disease immediately. It will give you subtle hints. It, there's a bit of a sore arm, maybe a bit tired, maybe you've got a bit of an indigestion, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. is always starting with subtle and little hands. It's only when we do not listen persistently and we push and push and work hard is when the body's like, all right, okay, so I've tried this and I've tried that and I'm going to make sure that you do slow down. Absolutely, yeah. And even was- like my example, you know, I did slow down because I finished my university. I ended up unwell anyway mm-hmm. because I've abused my body for four long years. And you need the time to recover. Yeah, it's actually amazing. It wasn't any worse than that. Four years is hard on a body, mm-hmm. like without breaks at all. It's yeah. um, 
pretty phenomenal. Like, I mean, and you know, that's what, when they talk about burnout and, and so often people who develop chronic illnesses like MECFS, which is what I had, um, they are usually high achievers. They, they push themselves, yep. they deny their, their, um, physical experience. And I mean, looking back at my history, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, doing any of this slowing down any of this, um, and there's so many ways to do it. There's so many ways to honor ourselves and to slow down mm-hmm. and listen within. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And it's like, a, it's a, such a shame that we live in a society where it's celebrating working hard and pushing hard because we're going to pay price for this one way or the other at some point. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky that it, it wasn't worse than it was that I actually finished my university because I could have got very unwell a lot earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's the stubborn nature of me that I like, there was no, nothing that could stop me. Who knows? Uh, but it, it gave me a huge lesson because I had ex- exactly the same happening to me at the end of third year, maybe not as badly because maybe I didn't push myself. You know, that was only three years, a bit less work, you know, fourth year was a lot more stressful, you know, writing your dissertation and everything else. But, you know, it's really powerful to slow down and listen to your body. And I'm really more in tune with myself now. I know when my body is telling me like, okay, you need to really slow down here. Like you, you're pushing too hard. You really need to take the break. Yeah. But that requires listening, reference and slowing down. Yeah. And, and just being curious, I think. I mean, I, I just dismissed all my symptoms as purely physical. And I'm curious for you, like after your third year, did you recognize your illness as coming from this, you know, pushing for so long? Um, A good question. I don't know. That was very obvious to me at the fourth year, because I vividly remember thinking to myself, I don't know what to do with myself. Because I had a whole day to myself. I didn't need to work on anything. I I didn't need to write anything. And I was thinking to myself, how on earth did I survive the four years? Because I had so much going on. And when I actually stopped, I just couldn't believe that I did it. But this is how powerful we are. You know, I pushed myself so hard to finish. Uh, and I can proudly say I got first. <laughs> so well, well, yes, deserved. Wow. <laughs> so well deserved. <laughs> but you know, I also realized that it probably wasn't very healthy for me. And, you know, I may still pay for this later down the line. Maybe, you know? maybe I think, I mean, I, you seem very tuned in now. And, and that's one thing I, I've had to really, for a while I was terrified. I'm going to get sick again. I'm going to get sick again. Like if I push it, if I eat too poorly, if I, whatever. And, and I've had to, I mean, at first I realized that narrative is keeping me small and, and like, I will, you know, you can't unlearn profound insight like that. Mm, like that yeah. will, that's a wisdom I have now that I pay attention to my body signals. Um, I pay attention to anything that could be stimulated by the vagus nerve. So, you know, if I have an upset stomach, if I have a headache, if I, like you said, indigestion, if I notice my breath gets tight, um, I am now in communication with my body. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as I am honoring it um, and and maintaining that practice. And even when I draw, I'm tuning into how am I feeling as I'm drawing and, and I don't, and and sometimes I'll do an exercise. that's in my class where, 
you draw a self-portrait of how you feel, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, in the past, I've drawn things like a barbed wire torso or an anvil head. Mm. Um, you know, it, and that's, you know, that's just the subconscious speaking, but it helps you tune into um, what are the sensations in my body. And because you're in that subconscious place of working with images, uh, you get tons of insight doing that yeah. sort of work. So especially with people who have physical issues, um, the drawing can be profoundly healing to com- open that communication again. It is, and it kind of just reminded me about something. So um, back when I started uh, doing hypnosis, I had a client who came to me because she was struggling with severe migraines. And she was in her 50s, uh, and she had them since she was about 17. So that's a very long time to having um, incredibly powerful migraines that were stopping her from living. Um, she tried just about anything. I was out there and nothing really worked. Um, some things work better than others. You know, maybe um, they elevated the symptom a little bit for some time, but she was, all, you know, struggling with that. And um, when we had a session, it was so powerful because she created a migraine. Her dad had migraines. Mm. So her belief was, well, I'm going to get it anyway. And she wants to be like her dad. And her dad had migrants. Mm. And her dad was away a lot, working abroad. And other thing was, she believed that her mom loves her brother more than her. And he gets a lot more attention than she does. So migrants was a kind of a scream for help, like, look at me, I need your attention. Because when she had migrants, her mom was paying a lot more attention to her, giving her the love and affection that she desired and craved for. Yeah, this is what you talk about, that secondary gain. You know, mm-hmm. what is because when I really got humble enough to look at my secondary gain and realizing that for me, my illness was keeping me from working and work was something I'd been burned out on for three or four years. There's yeah. a lot of secondary trauma in the birth world. There's a lot of things yeah. you're witnessing. It's very, it's very hard on your nervous system um, and your psyche and, and et cetera. Um, and, and I, it, it, I mean, like for her to, to even go to the place of saying like, I create, I manifested this, that does take humility. That means you have to step out of victimhood. Yeah. But, it, but it's, it was really interesting because before we actually had hypnotic sessions, she was like, no, my relationship with my parents were amazing. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it turned out it wasn't so amazing because she really missed the dad. That was away a lot. She wanted mom's attention. And we only had one session and the migrants disappeared because she realized why she had them in the first place. And she didn't need them anymore because she can look after herself you know, she doesn't need the love and affection the way she was when she was 17. And, you know, she got a lot of added benefit. She didn't feel as stressed at work. Work wasn't bothering her as much. She's lost quite a bit of weight hmm. as well. So that boosted her confidence. So there was all the things that happened in her life as a result of that. Wow. I mean, wow. she looks like a million bucks at the moment. It's not the same woman. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's. I, I think this is one. So... I, this is the limitation of the drawing. Like, I think the drawing has its own uh, very special place because it's in all of these subconscious work I know of, it's the one where you are listening the most mm. instead of imprinting upon the subconscious, you're listening from the wisdom for so long, but 
but I do find that when I'm working with an outside hypnotist and I've worked with three at this point in mm-hmm. my, my life, um, I, there is, um, just the interaction of having another person. I think you uncover these patterns so quickly Yeah, and, and having that guidance, it's so much more efficient than just listening to self-hypnosis, which, which I do three times a day. I'm still very much committed and, um, affected by, but at working with someone like yourself, um, I mean, it's just, it, it improves your life like a hundred times every time. Mm. Yeah. You can yeah. Be, become addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Amazing. I mean, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I know. I, every time we talk, we end up going really long. I love talking to you too. All across uh, the world. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Because we are in two different continents, but um it's been absolute pleasure having you and I love this conversation and I think we just went all over the place but there was a lot of wisdom in here for people listening and yeah, I, I hope they taking a lot of value mm-hmm. yeah I hope you will take whatever you need and whatever is going to serve you the most and you can discard the rest that's absolutely fine thank you for listening if you found value in this podcast I would like to ask you to leave a positive review explaining how this episode helped you to improve your life. I ask you to do this because this will help other people to improve their lives as well. Share and spread the love all around you. Raise your vibrations to improve your life. If you would like more transformational content like this, connect with me on Instagram. You can find a link in the description of this podcast and I'll see you over in the next episode.